One, two. Check me out right here, yo. You need to turn the track up a little bit for me. All up in my ears. The mic is loud, but the music is loud. Yeah. Yeah. Now the mic is low now. Turn the mic up a little bit. My mission is all the way up. Yeah. about talking about church and you smoking Politicking with the fellas, we go full throttle. Our motto never let a man. They just want our ketchup, but they never let us. She want my chicken wing. I ain't talking liver pepper. She dancing in the rain. What that mean? I got a wetter, broke ass, ass nigga. Get your life together. Politicking with the fellas. Hold up. In the spirit of what we're about to talk about, I feel like it's only bright that we started off this way. This is how we're going to start it. Yeah. Don't be cute with it. You gotta get come on. Fifth one. Fourth one. Come on. Sing it. Ah. When I close my eyes to think of you, and reminisce on all the things you do, I can't imagine my life without you. It's like paradise now. I know that it's real. Ooh. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Fellas. I'm your boy B Bond, and we had to start it a little different tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a we're having a different conversation, a different type of conversation. If you notice, there's five of us on the screen. Our fifth member has joined us. There's five of us here. Praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord has worked a miracle. He's been taken off a of punishment. Nah. <laughs> right? Hey. So so let's let's get this thing going, man. Let me let's go around the room real quick. Uh Let's start with our brother Juicer, man. How you doing tonight, man? Hey, man. I'm blessed and highly favored as usual. So, I mean, I can't complain. I'm alive. It's uh, it's February, Black History Month. Shout out to all the African American people that did it before me. Carry on in your footsteps. Just found out I'm deploying to Jordan in July. Go miss some trips. Go miss the fam. Go miss a lot of different things. But 
it's all good, man. Somebody got to keep the world safe, but blessed. That's what's up. Be money. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, as always, I'm blessed. Um, don't uh, think I'm going anywhere in July, but I'm good. Blessed, man. Happy to see all my brothers. All right, brother T. Welcome back, sir. How you doing? What up? What up? What up, man? I'm good. Growing in grace, man. A lot of moving parts. Just super busy. You know, keeping it going. I also think I'm going to Jordan in July too. <laughs> are we all? We all are going to bathe in the River of Jordan. That's right, Moses. Uh, I, I went around the room and and saved him for last, and he still ain't back on camera. He then he come on with the red light district. That's right. He in the red light TLC go, joint going on. Moses, how you doing, brother? <laughs> hey, listen, I can't do too much talking because my internet is on garbage. So I'm good. I'm blessed. Uh, I'm actually also going to Jordan in July. <laughs> well, we all blessed, highly favored, and looks like we taking a trip to Jordan for six months in July. That's what it's going to be. Major pain. I mean, we talking like the nigga gone. I'm still praying that the nigga don't have to go. That's my prayer right there. I'm going to pray up to say, block it, Lord. Block it. Hey, but if he got to leave, we pouring out some communion juice for him. You know what I mean? Right. Speaking of the Lord. <laughs> so, so wait. So I'm going to do something a little different real quick, man. Uh, I didn't I didn't come up with this topic, man. It, it, this was not a bond topic. And so I, I'm going to pass the mic. I'm, I'm going to let the Reverend lead us in this discussion this evening. Uh, I didn't tell him I was going to let him lead us in this discussion this evening, but I heard him preach the other day, and, and he knows his way around the microphone. You know what I'm saying? So w w without further ado, you know what I'm saying? Re Reverend Reverend Money, sir, the floor is yours. I mean, definitely surprised to be, you know what I'm saying, given this opportunity to, you know what I'm saying, lead the congregation. But let's say so, of course, the whole idea behind this show is, hey, man, let's go to church. I figure out why you don't go. So with that being said, you know, I want to start off kicking it with the first question. Why are so many people leaving the church? Any thoughts, my brothers, or what's y'all thoughts on that? Brother T, you know, welcome back, man. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off with why you think so many people are leaving the church? Oh, man, that's. That's a deep question. I mean, there's a plethora of, of reasons I feel like people are leaving. Um, I feel like um, there's a lot of people with voids that they're trying to fill. And typically what we do is we go to church and we put, you know, mere mortal men, women on pedestals. And when they fall or, you know, something offends us, and then we out, you know. Um, I think it boils down to uh, how we have prioritized, you know, God's word in terms of living more in tradition versus actual spirituality and actually living by the word. So, fair, brother Jew. Actually, hold on real quick, brother Moses. Before we before we lose you in the Red Sea, uh, what's your thoughts, man? Why do you think so many people are leaving the church? I would say that, um, in my opinion, maybe just the church itself is 
being more judgmental. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe the focus has been actually lost. Everybody's getting caught up in titles, you know what I'm saying? What they doing in the church and, and to kind of forget, you know what I'm saying? Like what the actual having the church is really for, you know, that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't know. I ain't been to church in a while since COVID. So I don't know. All right. You said something there. I'm going to come back to it. We're going to stick a pin in the fact that you said the church is being judgmental. But uh, Brother Juice, what's your thoughts on this this question? Yeah, I'm just going to echo pretty much what the brethren before me already said. I, I do believe that a lot of people are leaving the church because um, they are paying attention to what the people in the church are doing and using that as an excuse for them to flee and try to hold themselves to a standard that they can't live up to where realistically we're all fallen and that's not a reason to run away from what you need to do like anything in life so i would say that's the not trying to live up to a standard and focus on other people and their flaws more so than what they can do to better themselves is one reason i think a lot of people leave the church brother b well the bible tells us that we when when we are in the end times and, and some pastors or some theologians will tell us that we are currently in end time right now there's going to be a great falling away from the church um i feel like people are occupied with other things so kind of like in the times of sodom and gomorrah where you know people were had different idols and looking at different things i feel like that's where we are currently uh people whether it be social media whether it be the internet whether it be sports teams whatever the case may be people have other things that they would rather be doing than than being in church or worshiping god um and i feel like they put those things above religion or christianity whatever you want to put it so i feel like in my opinion people people they want to be kind of like how we say uh, Monday morning quarterbacks. They want to be Monday morning church people. You know, they rather they want to watch it in ten minutes on on the, on their their computer or whatever and get on about their day. So th- the connection is just not there. All right, co-pastor Denise Bond is with us here, and the first question we have for you: Why do you think so many people are leaving the church? Why do I think so many people are leaving the church? Uh, I think because there's a, with people, there's a false sense of, or they think that you have to come already a certain type of way. I think that people believe that there's so many expectations laid upon you. In some churches, that's true. There's so many expectations laid upon you that you have to be living right, you know, not being human almost to a, a, a standard, you know, that they, they, they think that they're going to be set at such a standard that they never will meet it. And so they they start out going and then they look around and, and at the people around them or people who uh, are living a, they're living a life, but in church they're living a certain life and there's a facade and people feel like they'll never meet the expectation. So they just say, hey, there's no even, not even a sense or need for me going because I can't ever meet that expectation or I'm never gonna be what I'm supposed to be 
supposed to be. So they walk away. Brother B, you brought up a very good uh, good point as far as like that Monday morning quarterback. I think uh, Brother T kind of also hit on it. I think there's a level that the church you, you know used to be that it is. And it is always the church is not really essentially changing from what it's supposed to be, but it's like emerging of how they say it's supposed to be uh, church and state is supposed to be separate. But it's like that merging of church and state. So now the state is having more influence in doing talking about doing things and adjusting the church more so than the church is affecting like society. So there's a lot of people who are coming in like Wikipedia and making up their own gospel. And because they make up their own gospel, it's not something that they can stick to. As in uh, Psalms 1 says, it's like the wind which the chaff driveth away. Like you, it's like so easily just, you can just flow whichever way that you want to flow. And it's like, okay, well, I can go to church. And it's funny that... um, Brother Moses, that's why I wanted to ask about the whole judgment part of it, because Brother Moses says, like, the church is judging. But there is more people that I see not in the church saying only God can judge me, but then will turn around and judge the church people as if they're not, you know, fallible as, you know, I think everybody kind of spoke on. But even initially, even starting off with Brother T. You know, the crazy thing about it is, too, you know, the, the church and its stickiness. I think we've talked about it um, within our church. What can we do to cause people to stick? And I think that's a question going along with with a, in a lot of churches, even pre-COVID. I feel like you know people were felt like they would come and go. You know, nobody would ever. Back in the day, even growing up, I mean, I say back in the day, like I'm old, but we would be in church all day, all day. You know what I'm saying? Be hungry. You know what I mean? And you, you just, that's just what it was. People walked to church. That's what we did. That's where you met. And my, my first girlfriend was in church because that's where I spent my time. And I just don't think it's, I don't think parents are bringing their kids up in that, that, that way anymore. Like, so why do you think so many people are leaving the church? Oh man. Um, you starting off with the difficult question first. Let's see. So I think, uh, as a pastor, let me answer it this way. I got to answer it like a pastor. You know, biblically, um, there are lots of scriptures that speak to the, the falling away of the church. You have First Timothy, you have Second Thess- Thessalonians, you have uh, the book of Revelation. So this is a biblical time that we're in. People are just falling away from the church. And what that means is that folks are leaving the church, finding other things that are more important. Um, but that doesn't make it any easier as a pastor to serve. Uh, so when I think about people leaving the church, most pastors are going to take it personally, and I'm no different. And so uh, even though the Bible speaks on it, um, I think it's just the revelation of Scripture. And this time that we're in, it's easy for people to find uh, new things and other things that fill that time, that God time. And so uh, one of the Scriptures in particular talks about people being tempted and uh, falling away and giving in to their temptations. And so that's the truth. People are finding things to do, uh, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or for Bible study night, finding things to do. And I think that's what's going on. You know, I really think it boils down to um, 
loving God or being in love with God. I mean, it just it's simple as that, you know. A lot of people are falling away because they never really had a relationship with God in the first place. Their relationship really boils down to more of the people. Their relationship are with the people. So when that relationship seemingly falls or it's not as good as it once was or whatever, you know, I, I feel like it boils down to a personal relationship with God that a lot of people don't have or people feel like I don't have to be in church to have a relationship, which is is accurate. However, don't forsake the assembly of the saints, you know, being with like-minded people who agree with what, you know, you agree with, what the word of God agree with. But, you know, kind of touching on what you said, B-Money, um, I never agreed with the separation of church and state because the Bible clearly tells us that we're here to, you know, promote God, to promote Jesus, to everything we do. It says everything was made by God and everything was made for God. So how do you separate the church and the state? When you look throughout the Bible, most of it had political, um, uh, political tone to it. And people say, Hey, well, you need to separate the two. I get it. I understand where they're coming from, but how can I separate that when that's supposed to be exactly who I am. And the Bible does tell us too, that we have to follow the law of the land. So yeah. with, within us following the law of the land, I mean, if our government says we have to do certain things or this, that, and another, you have to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you was you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, follow the law of the land and wear your mask in the airport. That's the law of the land. not trying to get sick but it's um yeah i mean pretty much what just t said you just pretty much took the words out of what really covers this um a lot of people leaving the church because the message that's put out there a lot is that you don't actually have to be at the church to have a relationship with god which is true but we go to work to make money everybody understands that um teleworking is never going to be as efficient as being in the office Everybody understands that going to a game live and being in that experience is always going to be better than watching it on TV, even though the TV be hitting on the mangles. And it's just because of convenience. A lot of people don't go, but before you know that, you're in a slippery slope. It's like, oh, I'll watch it at 10 o'clock on this Sunday. And it's like, oh, church is two hours today. Let me go do this and go do that. It's a lot of distractions, kind of like what um, B-Bond hit on earlier about having a little man like, no, nah, you be focused on this. And when you're at home, you're never going to be focused the same way you would. It's too many distractions. And the world is just letting themselves get distracted from important things. I'm going to push back on you a little bit, Drew. Just a little bit. I'm going to push back on the, the, the telework. I'm, I'm more productive at home than I've ever been at work. <laughs> so, I'm, so I don't want to push that narrative that I'm, I want to go back into the office because I don't. <laughs> I, I, do, I, I do on that part is like I, I agree I can be productive. But I, I think from like a whole like leadership and followership piece, which you, which you kind of get in the church, like there's a lot of tasks you can get done at home. But like what you need is that leadership of someone to, you know, shepherd the flock and everything from that nature. And you need to be in that environment. Um, to kind of really have that tutelage with people. And this is where my second pushback would be. When we say church, most people equate that to a building. So real quick, brother, before you go down there, because you're, <laughs> you're about to say something that's going to put like a 1B in question. Yeah. So, and this can be short, but how do you guys identify like what the church is? 
Okay, so I want to I want to clarify something here. When we talk about the church, I'm talking about what we would refer to in theology as the big C. The big C means not a physical space, not a physical building. The big C, the church in the book of Acts is the body of Christ. That is not talking about a place, a building that you go to. So I want people to understand when we talk about the church, the the words that we use in answering the questions, we're talking about the big C, the spirit of the church. The little C, as we refer to in theology, that's referring to the building. When Peter says, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, he's not talking about a physical building. He's talking about the life that you and I live. We are the church. Paul says in the word, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. We are the church, our bodies, the body of Christ. So when we say big C, our answers are referring to the spirit of the church, not the physical building. And I ask that because if you, in most churches, especially, at least in my idea of growing up in black church, you have the universal church and you have like the building church. Which church do you identify with? Brother Moses. Yeah. Uh, I identify, uh, I identify both, man. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I identify both because at the same point, my body is, you know what I'm saying? The temple, right? But, uh, like for me, church, for me, church is needed. You know what I'm saying? The building itself to, to get that gathering of people, to all understand and, and just get different viewpoints and 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 different ways of of hearing the, the word and and coming together and having iron shopping iron or casting out or praying on somebody i don't know brother b is the building needed i don't think so i don't think i think if if COVID has taught us anything there's a lot of things that we've done in society that aren't necessarily needed. Um, I'll, I'll just use the work example. A lot of rent has been paid out to these buildings. You know what I'm saying? That we, we go into Monday through Friday and sit at for eight hours of the day. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll use my company. I'm not going to say the name. We've made, we made more money during COVID than we made pre COVID. We've been more productive during COVID than we were pre-COVID. And I think it's, it's, it's a, in a way it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to be rooted almost. You know what I mean? You have to, there has to be some sort of gumption about yourself. So no, I mean, to, to answer your question, no, I don't think that, I don't think the building is needed. I think the building is nice. You know, it's something that that's nice to look at. You know, people could come together or whatever, but I don't think it's needed. Well, well, let's think about this, right? You know what I'm saying? Because even in the Bible, right, there was adamant about building the temple, right? The holy place. You know what I'm saying? You have to, because otherwise, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just thinking on just trying to think outside the box, right? If you can allow a place to just be entered, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you have to have like holy grounds, you know what I'm saying? Like holy sanctions to where it's, you know, this and, and is I, I agree with you, but what's to stop you from, what's to stop your truck from being a holy ground? <clears throat> what's to stop my bedroom from being a holy ground? It's all, I'm just posing questions. But it's, but it's all, but it's all a structural building though, or structural, so, so, yeah. So is a church. It's, so, it's a structural, a church could be not right, there. Right, So So it's needed. Yeah, and it can be but it's still needed you still need that place you still need that private place that place where you can focus i got a closet for a prayer closet for that see that's what i'm saying like yeah, I, well, this, it's, it's, a it's, closet it's, again your prayer closet is still a structural building man. i know and, and this could be it's this could be like a, a crazy topic only because like i get it people need a church building but if a church building church building is what's keeping you saved were you really saved where no, you, well, I, you, you, get, you get what I'm saying? I'm posing that question. Hold on, hold on. But but now you done added some extra stuff by saying a, a building is the reason why you're being saved. Nah, the building is just where you go for like a charge up, like a like a if you are battering, you need a recharge. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's that solar power giving, you know, that solar energy, Christ feeding you know energy bomb you know what I'm saying that your that your your body and your spirit is receiving so let me I'm let saying. me jump let me jump in here because i want us to get to the next question and i think we can use what you guys are saying to take us to that next question so for the second question what should we expect from the church what should people expect out of the church i think that people should expect to learn the tools that you need to survive, to make it into the kingdom of heaven, which is our ultimate goal. I think that people should um, expect out of the church financial stewardship, family stewardship. I think that they should learn that we are, uh, expect that we are a big family and you give to the family and you receive from the family. You learn the tools necessary in this day and age to survive. In a, in a, with a living within the fruits of the spirit, showing the unconditional love, the agape love towards your brother, towards your sister. Um, I think that they should expect if there's uh, financial blessings, if there's, there's a need that the church can help them with any aspect, if we're at all possible getting them to the, um, the right people that can help them or if we can assist them. Um, also, just as far as just the family dynamic, I think a lot of it, a lot of uh, churches have gotten away from that, and we need to get back to the closeness of the family dynamic, including uh, spouses and children, and and everybody collectively doing group things together and learning uh, what thus say the good book and the tools to survive. Oh man, that's I mean, that's tough. I mean. So I can tell you what a lot of people expect to get when they go there. Um, I expect something totally different, but I know most people expect to hear a, a good choir sing. Uh, they expect for the preacher to preach and for people to shout or dance or sweat or, you know, the Holy Ghost to enter the room. And, but most people still leave unchanged. Uh, I expect to have an experience with with the Holy Spirit, with, with the Lord, um, that changes me. 
uh, that convicts me, that um, fills the void that I have, you know, in my soul. You know, um, when you go to church, you want to feel a sense of being whole, you know, that emptiness being gone or, you know, just life changing. You just want to feel a, a Holy Ghost experience. And, but every church doesn't have God in it. So it just depends on what church you go to. You know, you can expect one thing, but that doesn't mean that you're always going to get it. Brother Jew. Yeah, so I want to um, backtrack just a second and say, uh, by definition, a church is a building. But I get while we're going down that path of talking about it. And I don't, I believe that the church is a body of believers, you know, worshiping or fellowship, fellowshipping, fellowship, fellowshipping. I can't talk right now. Sorry, I've been talking all day at work. But that's not a church right there. So that's yeah. why people. You're not speaking in tongues. You're not speaking in tongues. <laughs> hey, I was getting ready. You know, T started talking about the Holy Ghost and everything, you know, but it's a, uh, but no, so it's like a, a body of believers, essentially. And that can be in the building or it can be out in public. It can just be out somewhere else. But the thing is, most people don't get that body of believers at home. And I think you need to have like a very devout relationship with Christ before your primary source of that environment is at home. I think it can happen, but I do think you need to be very sturdy in where you are because it is that leadership followership piece. Um, so circling to what you said, what people get out of it is, I know when a lot of people expect to go to church, you expect to have that fellowship, one. A lot of people expect to learn and a lot of people expect transparency and honesty. And you have some people that wants to hear the opinion that's brought from the word of God. And some people only want to hear the word of God, like pure objectiveness. And a lot of times also tying this back into why a lot of people leave the church. You can tell sometimes when a minister isn't speaking from God anymore, when they're literally trying to throw their bias in there. And that's what people don't want to see in a church. And people expect for their leaders to be leaders. And there's a lot of different reasons why when people aren't leading and sometimes you're too open to your people about what's going on in your life, that can turn people off. But I do like the worship. I do like the message. I like to know where my money is going because I pay my tithes. I pay my 10 percent. The Lord has been blessing me. And I want to make sure there's a place that where like kids can grow up. So if I get three out of those four, I'll stick around. Man, uh, this gets more difficult. So for me. I think people should expect realness from their church. That's first. Uh, how do you prevent falling away? I don't know that we can, but I think you can draw people in by being real and showing people, as I often say to my wife, she co-pastors with me, uh, just being real, having real talk, real discussion, not being fake. Um, so I think that's what people want from their church. Also, <laughs> Ironically, I don't people want I don't think people want expectation from their church. Let me say what they don't want. Uh, so I don't think people want uh, just in my perception. I don't think they want you to put expectation on them for serving at a church. There's so many options. So what do they want? Freedom. Bottom line, freedom. And they want um, the ability to come and feel good about who God is. Uh, in their lives, whether it's virtual or in person, they want to be encouraged. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially nowadays. Um, 
pre-COVID, we were in church every Sunday, packed the church out. You know what I mean? I mean, we would have 150 people in there juking, shouting, sweating, doing all that kind of stuff. And then post-COVID, you know what I mean? It, it People forget, like, word has been preached. Like, you've been taught to do certain things and, and go about a certain way. Um, and it's based off of a building. And I have a hard time with that. I just I just have because it's like wait a minute, y'all been in here speaking in tongues and doing all this, but then the building gone and you back smoking weed and doing this that and the other. Wait a minute, there's a problem, you know what I'm saying? But uh, what should people expect out of a church? Um, I I would say love. They should expect to to be loved. You should be you should be expect to to come in as you are, uh, and not feel any sense of judgment. And we will meet you where you are and and take you where you need to be. Um, and I think that's where, but I also say you have to give God something to work with too. So people should expect to come in wanting to work because churches work too. It's, it's not, I mean, the devil tempts just us just like he tempts the, the center i mean if he ain't tempting you then he already got you you get what i'm saying so he, there's no reason to tempt but people have to expect to come in and, and give give god something to work with and put be willing to put in the work hey b I, I do have something to add to what you just said about the um the building beast but that's that's why i kept hitting on like, him as brother b you said well oh <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why i hit on the uh the leadership fellowship piece because people are simple-minded and this is not being judgmental or talking negatively about people there's a reason there's a caste system there's a have and a have nots and some people want to be led some people need to be led and there's nothing wrong with that because all of us get led in some form of fashion in some part of our life and for something where if you know nothing about you kind of need to be with someone in person and that's why I said it doesn't have to be in the building. And I agree with you. Some people forgot that there's still a church community. But that's one thing I also think that people expect out of the church is if I'm not there, come check on me. Why haven't I been in the building? From your leaders, from your ministers and everybody, like check in on me, shoot me a note, drop by my house, make sure, you know, I didn't catch the Rona or something. And a lot of times the church isn't doing that. So that's another reason to believe. Brother Moses, you there? Yeah. What's going on? What you expect? Uh, which do you think people should be expecting from the church? Hold on. I just want to caveat uh, real quick off the last comment that B. Uh, Bond said real quick is because um, this is the thing. Like, uh, it's just kind of like what Jew was saying, right? Some people need to be led, and the church is a hub. And it's not that people forget, but a lot of people's minds until it becomes uh, a routine, a, a, a consistent routine, a lot of people's minds are easily swindled. And it, what's the first thing that the devil comes to destroy and get into people's minds? So the, the, the thing, that's why church is needed. And I would say, in my opinion, with the question that you asked and expectation coming from a church, I would expect more consistent activities and such to where it's, you're, you're bringing back the people um, and to want to come back to church. Like, uh, I know, you know, everybody's trying to conform with this 
all of this. It's, it's a lot of stuff that people conform to far as in church base wise. That's 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 making it like watered down almost in a sense. And uh, I, I I would just like to see more consistency with the church and more activities to where if people want to come to church and be a part of church and its activities and not just you know hear the word and you know if you don't do this and then you can't be part of this like it's it's a lot of stipulations i feel like now that come with just trying to be involved in church and i understand this you know everybody you know has certain guidelines but uh i, I would just like to see more consistent activities coming from the church and expectation wise. I respect everything everybody said, but I want to, in my opinion on this, I think what people need to realize is that the church is the only entity in which that people criticize um, them sticking to their morals, their values, and honestly, just what the word says. It is very crazy that like we literally have people be like, I'm real, I'm real, you know, I'm a thug, I'm this, I'm that, but then they do stuff where they like snitching and doing things that's not thug like, you know, and people are still saying they thugs. But <laughs> if you have somebody in the Bible come up to you like straight up, like, all right, when I got out of college, I weighed a certain amount. I weigh a different amount now. If my brother come up to me and I'm like, man, this is the standard that we have is like, you need to lose some weight. Like, ain't no wrong with that. He's telling me the truth. Now, if he's like, I'm going to go. Now, this is the part I will put back on the church. Now, if my brother says that, he's also going to be like, hey, man, here's some op uh, some options that you can have. He's going to try to get in there and help me lose the like, lose the weight or get to where I need to get to. That's what I do expect from the church. I do expect for the church to hold their standard. If there's something that's in the Bible that says, hey, don't do this. I expect for you to tell me that. But then on top of that, I expect for you to also be like, hey, so let's figure out how to you know, get to that. Now, that's another reason why I do love going into the building. There's it's just some magical and uh, not even magical. I'm going to use the correct word. There's some spiritual about being in the building. But the reason that I also wanted us to talk about this topic is because the other four men on this on this pie right now, I have literally talked to on the phone and had assembly where we've talked about God and where it's things that we've implemented into our lives to be better, you know, godly men. So, yes, it is something spiritual about going into the building, but assembly is fellowship is where it says two or three. So if I'm, when I'm on the phone, I think that's where God wanted us to go to because of the fact that it is a when Jesus was like, hey, now I'm sending out something to go with you, a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's what connects all of us is the spirit of God, which is why we do reference the universal church, not to minimize the building. But if you, as Brother B said earlier, it's like, hey, man, if you ain't got the building, and don't get me wrong, like there's things people give up for God. So, you know what I'm saying? So if you say you're going to stop smoking weed, you're going to stop drinking, ain't nobody always said you 100% got to do that. But if that's what you say you're going to do for God, then now you're not in the building and then you you know, revert back to that, then that's why I do understand what Brother B is saying. And I agree with him where he says like, hey, man, it's deeper than just the building. It's about the relationship. The relationships should sustain regardless. The Holy Ghost should sustain you throughout the entire thing, whether you have yeah, the building thing. or not. And that's not, and that's not coming at people. That's not saying, oh, because you drink or you smoke, you going to hell. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It's, 
it's just saying like there's things people be like oh, i want to do this for god and then as soon as they like you get out of it now you're not doing it and maybe we could use a different example between smoking and drinking because you know some people gonna get offended by that but it's again the whole point i'm saying is whatever you say you're gonna give up from god whether it's um adultery fornication um stealing lying whatever the case it is you know um that's that's the whole point so with that being said for me and i'll allow somebody else to you know say if they want to say something else before we go to the next question but the whole thing is it's like hey man expect from the church what the church is supposed to be if you read the bible expect what's in the bible to come from the church but ultimately church make sure what you're doing and i echo what i think all my brothers have said um starting with brother b bond is hey show love there's a way to do things with grace and mercy uh, grace having grace and mercy towards people but yet then again stick to your morals because other people are gonna stick to it and i'm sorry i got it all right why do you think the church is so scrutinized uh, another difficult question but answerable this way i think the church is scrutinized because people have expectations on the church but they don't want to put have the church put expectations on them. And so it's easy for the church to be a target. It's easy for the church to, uh, for people to say, that's why I don't go to church. You know, we have a situation with the young man who spit on the, his brother supposedly and rubbed his eyes, rubbed, spit all over his face. It's easy for people to attach themselves to something like that and say, that's why I don't go to church. And so uh, it's easy uh, for the church to face scrutiny because people don't want to live up to the expectation of what's required to follow Christ. People want to do, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but people want to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it and not have any expectation on them. And then you turn around and put expectation on them. Now they scrutinize the church. They say, well, that's why I don't have anything to do with the church, but they don't say that about the club. That's why I don't have anything to do with the club because somebody got shot in the club or because they got robbed. At the, they don't scrutinize the club. They don't scrutinize those things that they want to do that make them feel good that are outside of the church. But the church gets the scrutiny because people have a perception. People in the church can't do anything wrong. Pastors can't do anything wrong. People can't do this. You can't do that. But what we find is pastors are human, just like you're human. And pastors make mistakes just like the regular person every day. So what we have to understand is that when you scrutinize the church, you're really scrutinizing yourself because it's just a reflection. The church is simply a reflection of society. And so I think that's why it's because people have an un... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an unfortunate and it's an unfair uh, expectation of the church. Because... Oh, Brother Jew. Come on, Brother Jew. <laughs> And I was gonna say, because uh, you got people from the church, like T, that say they was gonna give up twerking in public, and he's still going. No, I just play. Um, but not my not my brother on this, my brethren on this um, pod, because they're not hypocritical. But I'm gonna say the church is so heavily scrutinized because people are hypocritical. Humans are hypocritical, but unfortunately, some people will tie the spirit to that human nature. And then they think that Christians are hypocritical. When you're operating in your Christian mindset and your Christian beliefs and values, you shouldn't be a hypocrite. So I'm just gonna tell people, stop being a hypocrite. Don't open, I can, that's one thing I can say. I do not open my mouth at all about things that I know I have a fallacy in. Anybody that knows me knows that that's one thing in my life I can say 
well, two things. I love the Lord all the time. And also, I'm, I'm not a hypocrite on whatever I'm going to do. I won't speak on it if it's not me. But uh, I'm going to leave it short and leave it at that. Why do I think the church is so scrutinized from non-believers or just from people in general? People in general. I think that uh, a lot of what I've learned, and in, in even from my own personal family members and things, I think people have had uh, church hurt. People have had really bad experiences in church, and so it it sets it makes them scrutinize from the things that they see on the outside, like these pastors were having Cadillacs and living in these elaborate houses and doing all these things. And so the first thing comes to mind is people say, "Oh, they milking the church or pimping the church or whatever," and and then we've got the whole other spectrum to where they think. Uh, um, if you don't do this and that, you can't make it in. You can't. You can't uh, be at the church. I think there's so many things that stem from people scrutinizing the church in a certain way that has built them up to just dislike the church altogether without giving it a fair shot or finding a church that suits them and that is right for them. I know uh, my husband and I, before he decided, you know, before he answered the call to become a pastor. He's been, he retired from the military. He's educated, we're educated. We have uh, have had good jobs and he still is working. And, you know, we have a different lifestyle. So immediately people would think, uh, a, a guy from the street, y'all drive, I see what you and your kids are driving and all of this, wait a minute. We are entitled to have nice things and then nothing came from the church. We have jobs, we work hard and we play harder. The, you know, that's how we live our life. Now, we granted there are some pastors who get a salary, but pastorship and leadership and the things that you do in the church are so people have no idea. It needs to be a paid position. Us, for example, we don't have that at our church. We just believe that we, you know, this was the calling and we're answering the calling. There's no salary involved. There's no anything. As a matter of fact, we probably uh, give so much to it, but that's part of part of it. And people don't see the whole picture. They see the outside looking in, and it sets them up to be to scrutinize everything of the church. And I think it, if they go back, and it stems back to childhood and bad experiences. Oh, I, before I go to somebody else, so like. Here's why I want to push back on it, uh, hypocritical. Like, I think that's again a thing of love because, hey, if you're doing something wrong, I can come to you and be like, hey, bro, I know it's hard. You know, I do it too, but hey, you got to stop it or we got to stop it. Are they wrong for saying that? Like, even though they might still be somewhat engaging, but isn't it like the Christian no. walk about getting better? No, because they acknowledge that that's a that's a fault of their own too. So I, I mean. It, so like yeah, pure hypocritical is like holding somebody to a standard they don't hold themselves. And like some people will say like you don't need to be doing that, but they'll never open their mouth and say that they just did the same thing last week, or they at least speak to you in a judgmental fashion as if they didn't just do the same thing last week. Okay, just want to want to get that clarification because you know there will be a lot of people who will be like, well, this and that. So if you're acknowledging that uh, this Christian walk is about getting better, then you know what I'm saying. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. I think that's a good, good um, clarification, brother uh, B. I think the church is scrutinized from the inside, inside out. I think people within the church sometimes 
pick and choose what parts of the Bible they want to adhere to and what they don't. And so when the pastor gets up and says something, it's a problem, but that's what the Bible says, but they don't want to follow that, that portion. They want to do what they want to do. And I feel like because they want to do what they want to do, it allows people from the outside to say, well, sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so out here doing this. And I know they in church every Thursday and every Sunday and, and they pray and da, 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 da. if they out here doing this, then what, what's stopping me? You know what I mean? So I think that you should always let your light shine. People have to remember that Christians are human. You know, believers are human. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does things. Um, and nobody is is sitting in a seat of judgment. There's only one person that could judge. You know what I mean? And, and we'll all be judged on, at some point in time. And that's who's going to judge us. But you have to realize that, you know, people are going to people. Brother T. Um, I think people are just tired of um, seeing seeing quote unquote Christians because that's a loose term this today. Um, be something that you know portray something that they're not or say something that they're not. Um, a lot of times people, you know, we're we're all fallible, so. A lot of people put on their best face, you know, put on the facade, you know, uh, but are very cliquish at church and stuff like that and uh, look down on people who have less than. It's not everybody, but it's it, it's a big thing among Christianity. They, people feel like, well, you all make other people not want to be Christians because you say, hey, well, don't do this, don't do that, and then turn around you have pastors sleeping with young men, you know, uh, fathering multiple kids and still leading the church, people stealing money from the church. You got pastors driving BMWs and stuff like this, and other people are struggling to pay their light bills. I mean, there's a plethora of reason why the church is, is scrutinized because we're people. You know, we, we just, we're fallible people. And you know, people have a reasonable expectation that we're going to do follow the word. But like B. Bond say, you know, a lot of people pick and choose what they want to do. And a lot of times we're not doing what Jesus did in the community. Uh, there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus says, uh, where they were scrutinizing him for hanging with like the tax collectors and people that, you know, that they didn't think he should have hung with and he said you know it's not it's not the people who are who are healthy that needs a physician it's the people that are sick you know a lot of times we're not out in the community giving back like we say we are but every time somebody come to church you know you say hey you should give you should give you know people don't they don't see us like they should because we don't live how we should a lot of times. And, and and I can definitively say that because it's across the board. It's it's in almost every church. It's not every pastor. It's not every minister, but it's in almost every church. You can go to some church and you're going to see the opposite of what's being te taught. And it's going to be from people in leadership. It's going to be from people who have influence. It's going to be from people who say that they love God. It's, that's what it is.
So before I go to Brother Mo, I just want everybody to understand that Brother T said we should be in the strip clubs and the clubs because that's where sinners are at <laughs> and, uh, and preaching there. Now nah, I'm just playing with you, but now nah, I feel that brother. Can I ask something before we go to Brother Mo though? Yeah, definitely. So like, and I I, I get this from from both ends because you look at mega churches and you look at small churches and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And how much is too much at the end of the day, right? Um. I don't think I would want to be at a church. This is just me where my pastor was broke down driving a jalopy and not living his best life. You get what I'm saying? Because if if that's how he living and he's my leader, why? No, I need to follow. We don't follow somebody driving a jalopy in our job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I hate when people say that. They'd be like, man, you got a Benz. Yeah, because I work. Yeah. I pay my bills like I I, I I hear it all the time within the church where they'd be like, well, these pastors out here. I think there's a, a, a case where it's too much. Like when pastors out here begging for offering to buy a jet. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 P, the PJ is when it goes too far. Yeah. Like, Come on now. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, but if a pastor is driving a Benz or a BMW or whatever the case may be, I don't look at them. I look at them as, OK, cool. Like. That's what they got. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I want to throw this in there. And brother Mo, we're going to get you. I do apologize. But I was going to say this. I was going to wait to the end. But it's funny that nobody goes to your doctor because they driving that and be like, dang, man, you couldn't help pay some of my medical bills. Like you don't expect that. So why expect it from your pastor if he's paying? There's a lot of pastors who I know don't just pastor. They actually have nine to fives. They are actually working like, yes, the mega churches, maybe not as much, but there is a lot of pastors like one church I went to. The pastor literally drove an hour. It wasn't. And he like was paying more so for us in a sense to have church. But most people don't. They won't acknowledge that type of stuff. And like you said, brother, be like, hey, God said, I come that you have life and have it more abundantly. So why should we expect it's the only the the church is the only place that I think people expect for people to be be poor. (laughs) <laughs> to be poor and broke, but yet then again, now I won't follow you because you're poor and broke. But then when you, you know you got money, and like if you get a salary, what if they invested their money and and shoot did those, some good things with their money? And those are one offs. Those are one offs. Come on, man, y'all got to keep it real. Like I no. Bro, so look, brother T, brother T. So you're saying that if a if a person who works, who's done like I know some people right now who was like chaplains in the military. They got out the military. They get in like they make good money just from that. They got they had other jobs and they like done their money. You're telling me that there one there are more pastors out there who are not like doing the bands. I think uh, was this reality TV and some of that stuff has really truly made it even worse. I mean, man, I've been to multiple churches all around the country. My since I was a kid, I've seen it. I've seen, I grew up in the South where people is the pastor anniversary, the pastor birthday, the pastor. That's not, yeah, that's not necessary. Wait, hold on. But just hear me out. Like, no, no, I'm saying I don't think all that stuff is necessary, pastor anniversary. But go ahead. My bad. Yeah, go ahead. It is I, like the Bible allows, it, it talks about you taking care of the man of God. I have no problem with that. I don't have a problem with what you're driving. But what I do have a problem with is when your congregation is not also being blessed and elevated or when you're not giving back when sister Johnson can't uh, she can't pay her light bill but she's giving her last you know and 
praying that God's, you know, increasing her faith, give it to the man of God and, and nothing changes and they're not giving back and they're not pouring into the people. You're, you're saying, Hey, you ought to praise God, but sometimes it's hard to praise God on the empty stomach, man. Like I understand where you coming from, but we see it more often. Like, just like stereotypes, they're, they're there for a reason. People are not saying, Hey, these, you know, all this stuff about these pastors, and, and it's not true. We see it every day, and it may not be B. Bonds, you know, dad. You know, he, you know, we know he's on the up and up, but you could go to a lot of churches and you could just poll the people and you could see what they're driving and you could see where they're living and you could see what they're wearing. They're, they're spending their last to come to church to give to somebody who may, may only be working for God, you know. I mean, like, most of them don't have jobs. See, I, I do, I do want to say something. What you said, they may only be working for God, because I, I do just think that's something which I 100% agree with you. But I do think people shouldn't use that as a detractor as to doing what they need to do in life. Right. And if the book does say that you should be shepherded by somebody and it's attend some type of church, whether whether that's in person or not, you can't be distracted by that. And and B Bond that took the words out of my mouth of like where people look at their leaders. Nobody wants to follow someone that looks like they don't have it together even if it is for faith. And that's one thing too, we watching a lot of these pastors, we looking at a lot of these people on reality TV, a lot of not my bosses, but just like people's bosses in general. And just cause they drop their stuff don't mean they own it. They could be leasing. It don't mean that they are not in debt. So a lot of people let that distract them. And the last thing just to kind of hit back on your point is, if that is the person's only job. And a lot of these pastors, especially we use the mega church example where they're preaching four or five sermons just on Sunday. And then they're doing a bunch of stuff throughout the week and they're taking away time from their family to travel around the country, go to missionary, go, <laughs> go on like missions and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sorry. There's half the people, over half the people in America don't want to work 40 hours in a week. So if my pastor doing that and can continue to grow this, he deserved it not to be on a PJ, but he deserves to be getting paid because best believe I ain't working, you know, but 2058 hours in a, in a year or something like that. I ain't working $3,000 in 3,000 hours in a year. And I should be getting the same amount of like overflow as the, the person that don't even want to uh, hit the clock. That there are so many different things that we wonder why this and why that. Um, I've been behind the doors of sitting in the room with pastors and, you know, understand like the in and outs of churches and stuff. And I was going to say this at the beginning of this, um, well, before we got to this question, but I want to use like Pastor Michael Todd as an example. Like, let's be honest, even he came on and apologized for the action. It was a half apology, though. I, regardless of how it is, you know, most people would have just been like, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Most people don't understand this, you know, however. Well, however, what I will say is, is the fact that like there's always a standard for us to have to keep going or keep doing something or have some type of prop in church that gets people. You know, it was mentioned earlier that, you know, um, you know, having people to stick in church and it's kind of like, you know, love Jones, you know, it's easy to fall in love. Everybody loves God and feels the spirit when they go to church at some point in time. But how do you stay there? You know, how do you stay in love with God? And that's not that's not easy because, I mean, any relationship is hard to stay in love, stay in like, stay in association with certain people. And I just believe that there is a lot of things that the church, because it's so heavily scrutinized, I think the church tries to pivot towards certain things with the world to try to, like, 
hey, be like, hey, well, we're not all bad. We're trying to do this. We're trying to show love. We're trying to do this and we're trying to do that. But no matter what we no matter what the church does, it's always something else that's like needed in order for the church to be okay. And that's that's a problem because of that. That sounds like relationships. I think that's why like failure and it also sound like failure leadership, man. And but you can't like you can't. So you think about this as a as a man, and you know what I'm saying? There's some things like you lead in your house, or as a you think about any organization or certain things that you've been of. You I've met very good leaders and I've met like horrible followers, or I've heard, and I'm not all saying that. You know, just because you're good, you know, all the leaders have more problems, but it is very difficult, you know what I'm saying, for you to go into certain situations when you got people coming in. A quick uh, story somebody had told me one time, they said this woman was like, I'm leaving the church because um, this, 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 and that. And the pastor said, you can leave the church. And they said, but all you have to do is you have to walk around the church like three times holding this cup of water and not spilling it. Then you can leave the church. And she was she walked around the church, very focused on not spilling that cup of water. And then when she came back, the pastor asked her, what did she see going on in the church? And she said nothing. And that's because of the fact that she was focused on that water. If people was focused on water, which is also represented as spirit, when they go into the church, they want to see all of the stuff that they literally come out. Oh, well, that's why I'm not going to church. We supposed to go to focus on the word. So why aren't we doing that? You fail at life when you go to work and don't focus on your task. You fail at life when you, you know, be in the house and don't focus on your kids. They grow up and don't be as successful. You know, all those different things we look at in life that if you don't focus on it, it it doesn't progress. But yet at the end of the day, we don't focus on the word. And then we wonder why we don't progress. But we are quick to scrutinize. Yeah. And and I'll, the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off that a little bit and, and say with the church this is where I put some fault on the church. And then when, when pastors want to make it a spectacle, yeah, that's when you open yourself up for scrutiny. Just preach the word. That's all you got to do. It's say don't, don't add to, nothing or take nothing away from the right. word. You don't have to do none of that stuff. Just preach the word. When you, when you turn it into a spectacle, like, and I'll just use the Michael Todd cause it, it just happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Brother. Like, keep there, but I don't know what y'all what, what happened. Oh, I, I'll tell you. So Michael Todd was preaching. Uh, he was he was coming from a sermon. I can't remember the, the, the actual sermon. He had his brother on stage, and he says sometimes God is going to put you in situations where it's from the blind the blind man that couldn't see. Yeah. Uh, sometimes God's going to put you in situations where it's get ugly, and he spit in his hand like a, a big loogie. And rubbed it all over his brother's face. And I'll, it, it was nasty. I'll just say it was, it was yeah. gross. And so it, distraction. it was a distraction. At the end of the day, it took away from his entire message. Um, and people didn't like it. So what ended up happening, uh, he had to come on on Monday or Tuesday and apologize for doing that to his, his, his baby brother. Or I think it was his older brother. Um, but how many times have we, have we all, we all been in church. You've heard that sermon countless times, right? I ain't never seen a pastor spitting his hand and rubbing in somebody's face and use that as the, as the quote unquote clay, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You you made it a spectacle. So that's when you open yourself up to be scrutinized just a little bit. Well, that's all subjective. It's still subjective. You know, it's like, you know, his brother was cool with it. (laughs) Like I, 
It don't. It don't I, make. Me actually, none. I don't think his brother. His brother knew. So his brother said he he knew something was gonna happen. He didn't know he was gonna get spit on. <laughs> so one thing, one thing I will say is, and this is the part that I say is always rough, is because everybody know crazy. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people know crazy faith, you know. And Michael Ty has preached countless sermons that people have truly like found God and then like changed their life and maybe went somewhere. And then will we hold him accountable for that? I mean, whether you felt it was real or not, he came back and apologized. And maybe for whatever reason, I can't get into his motive. Only God knows his heart. But I will just say at the end of the day, will it be like. I would what, almost prefer that he didn't apologize. I'm just being honest. Because if I, that's I, feel you, I mean, if that's I, I what I'm doing that, don't apologize for it. I was preaching the gospel. That's how God gave it to me. And that's what I did. And, I, and, and I feel that, I feel that 100%. You did it. You telling me God gave you God? Shoot, I don't know. I mean, hey, look, at regard, I'm just saying, regardless of how you fall in, but that's just the same reason why, like, but here's the funny part about it. And before I go to our last question, because I think it is relevant for this, is it's a lot of people who's like cancel Michael Todd and don't even go to church, don't care about exactly church. like they're like cancel, cancel Michael Todd, somebody who has probably got countless people saved, people that when we talk about like people who riding around these cars, like. I know Transformation Church like gives back to the community big time. So they're doing all these other good things. But just because that one thing, no matter how bad it is, is cancel them. But I other people will turn around and want forgiveness Who's and say, only oh, God can judge me. Huh? Who's to say that it's bad? Like everybody. Was I, I'm just saying that's what that's I mean, what social, like, social media is going. Objective. It's not like. It, it, it's not like he did something wrong. He, he, he did something that people didn't like. Period. Okay, that don't mean it was bad. Just people didn't like it. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, appeasing the people. It don't. He was preaching the word of God. And okay, if if that man cut his hand to, to show some blood, people. Oh my God! You know why would he do that? Like okay, you can either choose to listen to him or choose not to listen to him. But. Obviously, that man has been called by God. Obviously, he has made, you know, he has done things, like you said, to bring people in, you know. And that one thing, you're like, oh, man, you're not not you guys, but people are, like, losing their minds. I think people oh. got, I think people lost their minds because it was just nasty. It was unexpected. Yeah. And that's true, but, you know. It's almost like we in Black History Month, right? What's right. the ultimate sign of disrespect? Spit in somebody's face. This yeah. man, this, I mean, nah. spit, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if that would have been me, well, the ultimate saying, respect to me is to tell me I'm not a hustler, I'm not a boss. <laughs> if that had been me on that stage, I think I would have been throwing hands. And a lot of people would have, but so with that being said, uh, moving on to our last question of you know, I'm saying of this deep show, do you think that the church has lost its power? And I'm actually going to put a second part in that. Do you think we the church has lost its power that it feels the need to even do a lot of these things? No, the church will never lose its power as long as that church stays focused on the Christ, on Jesus the Christ, and the, the reason why we're called to be the church. Peter said, up on this rock, I will build my church so that the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. He made a decree. Uh, the church is called in the book of Acts to be uh, the way out, to be 
the way out for society. And so if we keep our focus on the, on Christ and in turn, who did Christ leave for us? The father, I should say, left the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. He said the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, shall teach you all things and bring all things back to your remembrance. That's over in Acts uh, 1, or I'm sorry, John 14 and 26. So by him saying that, um, the church will never lose its power by way of Christ and the Holy Spirit being at the center. What happens is the scrutiny that's placed on the church, if you buy into all of that, you understand that the church might lose its power perceptually. But with Christ at the center, with the Holy Spirit at the center, the church will never lose its power. We are just subjected to now, I will say, Revelation says there's going to be a falling away. Re the book of Revelation 2 and 5, to be specific, he says, John writes, uh, but I hold these things against you that you have left or lost your first love, which what is the first love that we love Christ? And so as long as we have Christ at the center, we love him. Church doesn't lose his power. Well, it really it's not the church that has the power anyway. So, I mean, it, it, the power comes through the Holy Spirit. If either God is in the church or he not. Period. The church has no power whatsoever. Only, the church is just a conduit to get to Jesus if you don't know Jesus. You know, if you grew up, you you, when you growing up, if you grew up in church, you went to church, like you said, to be around like-minded people, to be uplifted. But the church has no power. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, when they were in Egypt, wherever they were, the power was God. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the it was the fire by day, uh, fire by night, and the cloud by day. It was it was never uh, even when Jesus was in the temple, they was gambling in the temple. The temple had no power. It's the Holy when the Holy Spirit chooses to show up. That's where the power is. So the question we should be asking is: Is God in, in, in every church? Because if God is not there, there's no power. Brother Jew? Yeah, I would say, uh, no, the church hasn't lost its power. I mean, biblically, this is we are closer to the end of days. And as all the YouTube Christians would say, that we're in the end of days right now. <laughs> I mean, they've been saying that forever, even though God um, doesn't use time in the same way that we do. So stop. Just stop it out there, people. <laughs> <Talk that way. laughs> I'm not even going to go down that, that rabbit hole. But um, but anyhow, it's like now it has a lost power because I mean, as Brother T said, like it's it's all in Christ anyway, and you don't get mega churches without there being some like influence out there, and there's more and more churches and more people that are coming to Christ. Granted, the same amount of people that are coming to Christ, people are walking away, but most of the people that were actually in Christ at some point in time still have a little bit of that on the inside of them, even if they never go to church again. So I would say no, Brother Moses. Nope. Nope. I agree. Uh, I, like it was said earlier, you know, where the, when there are two or three gathered, you know, the, the, that's what the Lord is there, right? And so, uh, Drew has said earlier, you know, when you know all the you know people are coming together to to get filled in church, right? You know, God is there because you know everybody's. So, I don't. 
no, no, I don't think so. And you know, the the like you said, man, is the church is at the end of the day, the church is just a building, but it's a it's a it's not it's it's a special building. It's a warehouse, you know. what I'm saying it's like that 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 middle ground before you get to the to the great, you know. Right, right, right before heaven, you know what I'm saying? Like before you die, like that's what I that's what I think, you know. So I don't think the church has lost their power. You know? Brother B, simple answer: No, church hasn't lost its power. Would I play devil's advocate though? Would people like to see the church take a stand on different things? I'm sure they would. I got I got one thing to say off that too. Off your I, I, I would. I'm yeah. sure the, you know, people would love. The, the community of church, I, I would say, is not the same as it was. Back when our parents, our grandparents, went to church, and that's not a bad. Not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It hasn't lost its power, but I think. I'm gonna give an example as a kid, Sister Jones could pop me in the butt when I was acting up at church. Sister Jones ain't my mama. That can't happen today. You get what I'm saying? It just, things have changed. Uh, so two things, right? One, right? Uh, I think back then, you know, with them at church, I think their prayers, they meant their prayers way more than what we, you know, come in today's time. I think it more is just like, because people say do it and they seen people do it, they just probably do it off maybe mantra, you know what I'm saying? Just speaking a prayer just to do it. And back then they actually meant every prayer because back then it was a, you know, life at stake, um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just think, and now they, everything is so willy nilly free that everybody can kind of do do what they want, man. And uh, the second thing is off your little devil's advocate piece, right? Uh, I think you know um, people want to people want to see more from the church, right? But maybe people not believing in the church as much is because the church don't hold no weight in society. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, some people might disagree with me, but if you've really seen that the church come up there and they really made a change in society as a whole, I think people would would, would maybe look at church in a different light and believe in it in a different light, but it feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it's, I don't know, like... Hey, I think, just, hey, bro, I think put something on what you said earlier about the hateration and the church been hate on the beginning of time. I think even yeah. if the church did that, people still gonna say they should have did more. It's always gonna be, it's gonna be a more, I want more. I want Exactly. More. Why the transformation church only give 10 million away last year? They should have gave 11. You know, it's always gonna be mm -hmm. something. Well, I and think, that, go ahead. Go ahead, Now I was gonna say, I think maybe the question we should be asking is, has, has the church lost its influence? Because like that, I think that's what everybody pr pretty much is saying. Like he's saying that they don't really hold any weight in the community. So that equates to influence, you know? And if you really look at it, 
most people today are, if you ask people do they believe in God, they'll say, I believe in a higher power. I believe that there's something. It's not, I ain't going to say most people, but I just kind of generalize sometimes. But a lot of people would say that. And so you have people who just pretty much want to live lascivious with no boundaries, no nothing. They just want to, huh. they don't want to subscribe to the church. They don't want us to, people don't want us to, I mean, in, in the military, on, on the job, people don't want to show up. People don't want to be confined within boundaries. And the church is based off of boundaries, is based off of laws, is based off of commandments. Expectations. Expectations. So, so essentially the influence is gone because people are not aspiring to be like Christ. People are not trying to be in the sanctification process. People are not trying to be in church. People are trying to be their own God in, 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 in a way manifesting and all this stuff. I think, hey, I think I think what you said. <laughs> I'll say this and then I'm going to shut up. I promise I'm going to shut up. I think because they call us the microwave generation, right? Like we want everything quick, fast, in a hurry. And you hear it in churches all the time. The, us younger folks, I'll throw me in there, will say, it don't take all that. Amen. It don't take all that. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't got to tarry for two hours for the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I got it. I know. You know what I'm saying? And is it is it might not be right. It evidently our ancestors had something. You know what I'm saying? It took all of that. So maybe we need to get out of that microwave oven and and learn how to do things the right way. I think. I, I do. I, the church has lost its way just a little bit because they allow anything and everything to happen now. Back in the day, nah, it ain't it ain't going like that. You can't just come up there and grab the mic and, and say what you want to say. Nah, you got <laughs> yeah. to I test it and, and prove. You know what I'm saying? You you right on that piece. It, has lost, it lost its way on the, the standards and morals, kind of like yeah, what people yeah. said earlier of just keeping the standard, even if you if it does push somebody away. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I don't think it's, um, I mean, we, we're too smart for our own good. And I'm yes. talking about just society. Some people think there's always a better way of doing things. As we've all said, you know, throughout this show on, you know, work, job, their bosses, I can do their job better than them because they've never really lived in that person's shoes. And that's what the last thing I'll say is just kind of challenge people is like, I mean, don't think you know better than somebody else. Like if you're going to question it, like legitimately question and do your work, not question it because somebody else questioned it. And then so, I mean, it's and I, but I don't think the influence has been lost. And that's why I think even if we say influence and power, they kind of work you know, synonymously. We're to the point where it's I look at a lot of our separation of church and state. A lot of our laws are based off of biblical things and whichever way people love. There was a lot of reason that some of the current marriage laws, it took so long for it to change. And the reason it's not like 100% across the board. And that's just based off of a lot of things that are based off of the fundamentals of the church. I mean, we still can't go out and kill nobody. That came from the church. You know, so, um, well, some people get away with it. But well, Donald Trump wants to do the purge in 2024 if he becomes president. Yeah. So, so, but since you say the influence hasn't been lost. You know, and I'm not disputing that. I mean, you know, my answer is my answer. Your answer is your answer. But so since COVID, how many churches are actually open? And I, and, and it's not the judge, but where's the influence? So, so I, didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say the influence is 
but with some some of the comments made, it was like the influence is gone. And I do think some of the influence has been lost, but I don't think it's gone. I think the church still has power. And I think the church still has influence. So what the, what I would say like, every church is open. The, the yeah. building might not be open. But, but the universal universal is open. But um, I mean, being online and being open, but like, are people logging in? Are people actually actively engaging? Are people just do they just have the computer on and they're in another room, you know, not paying attention? Well, I mean, like, right. well, that's well, that's from the that's from the person because we all kind of talked about people just being distracted, which is why I'm a no, I'm a person. I'm not gonna wash my dishes when I'm at church in the building, the temple. Nope. But nope, that's why I need. Here, that's why in, I need in my, church. In my in my sixty inches, like you know, off in the thing, I'm gonna be making some bacon and washing dishes. You know, I try not to do it the whole time, but I mean, and and I'm a devout like believer and watch church every Sunday and go to church when the Rona's not around. But it's still a distraction, and I can admit that I'm distracted by a lot of things too. So, yes, do I believe in church? I was just talking to my sister about this the other day. Even if it's if you're in in the church, if you're a believer of Christ, you know, church people can go to church, but I'm talking about true believership and, and knowing that that God sent his son Jesus so we may have everlasting life. If you're going through a trial or a tribulation, people call who they know who can get a prayer through for them. If you're a believer and you know, you know you can get down on your knees and call. Do we wish that people would not just call on the name of the Lord or call people for prayer just when it's needed? Do we wish that people would do it all the time? Sure. But I know that there's power behind when somebody is going through something that they know who they can call because there's power in prayer power in the church and they say hey i'm going through this this is i don't know what to do it's happened to us millions of times where people will call i know you can get a prayer through because i know your church and what you stand for and what you believe in yes there's power still in the church do you think it's lost power i don't i don't think it's a lost power i think people have waned away from believing that God sent his son Jesus so we can have everlasting life. And so they've waned away from believing it. And in their disbelief, they've lost the power. So one thing I'm gonna say as we as we wrap up is uh the reason like the questions were very strategically uh picked tonight. We uh wasn't expecting for anybody to 100 percent agree. We understand that the church is really relationship your relationship with god and what god calls on you to do uh especially the last question that you know was you know proposed was because of the fact that sometimes i think we have it's about your perception in the bible there is you know a story where and i could reference it all but just to keep it on the surface for everybody where hey god told his man come in and they had like ten thousand soldiers and he kept giving him instructions so they got down to 300 soldiers and they went out and killed everybody that was what 10 15 20 100 times as many you know people that they went up against and it's saying that god don't need a lot to do what he need to do it is our job as a church and my and i'm speaking from a minister's perspective 
to always show love um, as things that was hit on here today, not be a hypocrite. And I'll say this 100%. I started preaching when I was 17. I stopped preaching at 20 because even though I hit my lifestyle very well as far as going out, kicking it, doing some things, I didn't want to be the hypocrite preaching in the church. And not saying that when I came back and started preaching at 23, I was 100 percent perfect. But there was a lot of things that I had devoted my life back to God a little bit more. And that's all I think that as this walk as the church is, is that we just have to try to progressively get better and stop chasing the world because God sets the, God sets the trend, not, not even the trend. God sets the standard and we should follow that. But however you do. Hey, where you choose to love God, follow God, be a part of church or not be a part of church. I love you, you know, because, hey, God, as, as, as you know, as I try to be more like Christ, or I think as we all try to be like Christ, God loves the sinner. He just hates the sin. So, hey, I'm going to pass it back to Brother B. And, you know, before I do, if you don't mind, I just want to do my excellent realize as the church, <laughs> as we uh, are in Black History Month, regardless of how you look at it, the church got a lot of uh, blacks and uh, just the black churches uh, has been a staple. And that's why I think sometimes it is heavily scrutinized for some things because it has been through so much. But it led us through one of the hardest times that we know as a, you know, as a culture and a community. So I do want to highlight as I actually realized being the church. I'm done. Thank you for the opportunity, Brother B. Hey, man, I'm going to give you a round of applause. And I'm going to give you that because I didn't tell you you was going to do this. You know what I mean? He came with the idea, and, and I, I felt like from from your perspective and what you, wanted to, what you wanted to flush out from this topic, I felt like you were the perfect man to do it, man. So congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro. Um, with that being said, man, it, for the good of the order, does anybody have? I know we've been talking for a minute. Anybody have anything that, that they want to throw out there? No, nah, I'm just gonna say excellence. Realize, as I said in the beginning, it's to all my people that um that made it through the struggle. So uh African American man like myself can be successful and be blessed and highly favored. I salute to all of y'all and I'm gonna keep on following in your footsteps. My excellence realize I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the future generations of black men. The, our, our kids, man, um, they're gonna get the excellence realized from me because they're gonna they're gonna take what we've done and what was done before us and then make it ten times, twenty times better. Raise up a child the way that they should go, and when they grow old, they'll never depart. Um, and I, that's my excellence realized. I, you know, impart these types of things in your kids, and 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 let them be better. Yeah, you know I'm. I'm just um, very, you know, happy with where we are, how far we've, we've come, you know. Um, I know that racism and all that stuff still exists. I know that racism and all that stuff still exists, you know. Um, but every day I see a multitude of people from different races, different different backgrounds, different genders um, coming together and, you know, making it happen. And back in the day, you know, we were so segregated. We were, you know, we, we, 
it just we couldn't seem to get right. And today, I see so many biracial kids, and you know, just intermingling. And I and I I'm grateful. I'm grateful, uh, and I'm I'm sure that our ancestors will be as well. That's my excellent realize. Just good people. Hey, I, I think we lost brother Moses. Hold on, pause. <laughs> Come on. Pause moment. All right, all right. So listen, just what I say, right? Excellent red lines. It's uh I, I wanna give all less our flowers, right? Uh I, I believe we're excellent red lines because we're all not only black men out here but we're we're black men out here who actually are trying to make a change in the world and we're doing it by raising our kids in an in a matter in which as my brother said they should be brought up with that being said this has been another episode of the fellas i'm your boy b bond got t we got b money we got moses we got the juice y'all be blessed highly favored we see y'all next time. We out. Amen. Bruh. <laughs>